Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At this, uh, at this point, it seems to be many different shavings stuck together. I don't really know what this voice is. Maybe it's like Leslie. Oh my God, Leslie Nelson. From, Leslie Nelson from Dead and Loving It. From Dead and Loving It. Have you ever seen Dead and Loving It? No. It's great. It's right. so funny. I'm Becca, pronouns she, her, hers. And I'm Josie, pronouns a mystery, a scent on the wind. <laughs> and we're, we're your, your judges. judges. <laughs> and this is by the cover. It's a, a totally podcast. new podcast. <laughs> With totally unknowable pronouns. <laughs> we're a deep dive into Amazon book review culture. Uh, and uh, and we have a, a brand new. It's a brand new chapter. It's a brand new all oh, chapter. A brand new era. Oh yeah, chapter. We're turning a new, the page. A new genre. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we're we're admitting that we wrote these books and putting our real names on them, not our pen names. So I will no longer be going by. Seamus Cork. Okay, Seamus Cork. I'll still be Jesse. No, Thanks. Though. No, I. Um, that was my pen name. That's your former. Oh, that's when you were ghostwriting. I understand. Um, in this new chapter, there's a lot of new, new fun things. Uh, we have um, a, a new producer um, with us. No longer Mike Hamilton. Mike hates us now. We've uh, been cast into the the field. Left left to live out the last few days. We have our wonderful new producer. Introduce her, Becca. It's Natalie. Natalie. Okay. Oh, God. Oh. You know how hey, absolutely terrified Josie, I was for a moment. Do you I remember how I have that thing where I remember name. a person's face until the day that I will have a memory no longer? But like, I respect to everyone, especially Natalie. I do not remember people's names. It's a curse, not a blessing. Um, but here we are. Um, 
the the other major thing is that we're we're changing up our format a little bit. So instead of hearing a book, a segment that is sometimes book related, and then another book, as you once did, we're just freestyling we're now. Freestyle. So you're it's gonna, gonna hear two bits, two two bits, two segments. Um, sometimes that might just be that I am really into gay erotica for a few months, and that's a genre. <laughs> that's a bit now. A genre? A genre, if you will. Um, a very fr- it's a very fancy version. The genre is a genre. Listen, if you do not commit, then they think that you are bad at podcasting, but if you do commit, then it is just a bad podcast. <laughs> no, we're just taking the baby and chopping it in half, Solomon style. Yeah. Um, that's what we're doing with our podcast. We really God. hope it's a good sonic choice for all of you. Um, shall we begin? Yeah, we shall begin. Let's push forward. <laughs> Let's give birth to this new baby. <laughs> How far apart are the contractions, Becca? Did we start the timer? Uh, we're looking at You need to start oh, right God, now. Oh, God, it's so painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, here we are. It's it's the independent uh, independent book plug. Oh, uh, yeah, book yeah, plug. Book plug. Uh, Someday it, I will mess it up, you know? The, word, the words in this phrase sound normal, alone, but <laughs> altogether it doesn't quite sound right. I know. This is the worst Brady Bunch parody ever. <laughs> Indie book club plug. Uh, indie book plug. Club. There uh, you go. It's the plug. It's not the club. No, I said that's why it's the indie book plug club. Oh, I see. Uh, here we are. It's the Eighth Detective by Alex Pavesi or Pavesi or Pavesi. I have no idea, and I'm so sorry, Alex. <laughs> Pavesi, kind of like Pavesi. the f- floor Banksy. Um, but the Eighth Detective. Um, if you don't know the independent book cl- uh, plug uh, segment, I I look at indie authors and their books, and it it's kind of like free advertising, except sometimes they have bad reviews. They're wholly neutral from us. Um, you get exactly what you paid for, which is nothing. Nothing, nothing at all. All right, product description. There are rules for murder mysteries. There must be a victim. <laughs> A suspect. A detective. Ah, yes. Very, uh, murder, she wrote. Very meta. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, oh, Becca. I'm ready. Give me the meta, Josie. Grant McAllister, a professor of mathematics, once sat down and worked all the rules out and wrote seven perfect detective stories to demonstrate. Huh. But that was 30 years ago. 30. Now Grant lives in seclusion on a remote Mediterranean island. A Mediterranean island? Oh. I live on Fourth Wall Road, counting (laughs) the rest of his days. (laughs) Until Julia Hart. I actually knew someone uh, with the last name Hart, so it's a real last name, I guess. It's not just reserved for iconic musical figure Roxy Hart. (laughs) A brilliant, ambitious (laughs) editor knocks on his door. You said editor. I, my brain, for some reason, thought you said editor, and then my brain was like, what's a editor? Is it kind of like a headhunter? I don't. (laughs) 
an editor who just avidly seeks out other people's work. It's a freelance editor. Give me those fucking books. Give it to me. (laughs) Hey, I know you got one. Come here. Let me edit it for you. This is the least thankful job in the world. Let me let me get it. This fucking book. Give it to me. Come on. Uh, Julia wishes to republish his book, and together they must revisit those old stories. An author hiding from his past, and an editor keen to understand it. Oh. But there are things in the stories that don't add up. Inconsistencies left by Grant that a sharp-eyed editor... Begins to suspect are more than mistakes. Okay. They may be clues. Julia is the eighth detective. Very good, Becca. Thank you. I was really picking up what was being put down. Four four walls, eight detectives, (laughs) three eyes. And one editor. (laughs) They may be clues, and Julia finds they they. Are they? Do you think, Alex? I don't know. Julia finds herself with a mystery of her own to solve. Alex Pavesi's The Eighth Detective is a love letter to classic detective stories with a modern twist, where nothing is as it seems and proof that the best mysteries break all the rules. (laughs) That's what we got. They did have, like, a New York Times bestselling author reviewer at the beginning of the product description, and I say, fuck Fuck that. Fuck the New York Times. (laughs) Amazon book reviews are far more rigorously viewed. Uh, 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 Superior in every way. Uh, So let's... Let's let's start with those bad reviews, huh? Let's Let's get a bad review. Let's get into the thick of it. All right. Uh, One star from Yolanda S. Bean. Uh, this is August fourth, twenty twenty. So I want to be clear: like this is it's a fresh book. Yeah, this it's is kind of like a little out. hot. Uh, I got it on like an indie indie new list. Ooh, it burned my hands. Oh, spicy. I'm not touching the book. Uh, <laughs> Yolanda says, "Not for me." No, <laughs> not what is this action? Did, did, <laughs> Get rid of it. Did, Throw it in the trash. Throw it away. You, does Yolanda just like yeet your accent into? <laughs> I don't know where Georgia. <laughs> From the description, I think that I may have had my hopes a bit too high for this one. Aww. Honestly, I expected something a bit Agatha Christie-esque. Okay. A formulaic murder, huh? Uh, yeah. But still being fresh and original. Then it wouldn't be Agatha Christie-esque. I do just want it all, to be all like those mysteries Agatha are Christie, dusty. But... While on the surface, I suppose, this does meet that. Oh, yeah, so it is what I asked for. It's what I wanted. Uh, Yeah. I just want to know, does this reader just, like, want to read adaptions of, like, of and then there were none until they're gone into, like... (laughs) I was just listening to uh, an old episode of ours where we talk about it and then there were none. Um, Maybe because it's like one of the only Agatha Christie novels that I can say with confidence. Well, you know what Yolanda says about this book with confidence? I'm ready. I just never found myself enjoying this the way that I had hoped to. Mm-hmm. There are seven short stories here, each its own self-contained murder mystery. And between these stories are conversations between the editor who hopes to re-release the collection and the aging author. But 
the narrative holding the stories together, frankly, takes too long to really develop. See, I actually think that sounds very interesting. Sounds very satisfying. It's like a it's like a serial drama. It's like a good structure for mm-hmm. that. Because uh, you could like really read it like one short story at a time, yeah. feel very resolved, uh-huh. and then like read like the in between for like a cliffhanger. Could be a good audio play. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) Yes, Becca, tell tell me more. Let's develop this further. I have never read it, so who knows? Oh, dear Lord, I've lost my place. Keep keep riffing on the Uh, bed, Becca. I mean, you could could name each episode after one of the detectives. You could be like, one. The ending. (laughs) Stop stop doing this bit. It's terrible. And then Um, you could get to seven, and then you'd be like, oh, shit, there's actually no eighth detective. Seven and a half. The ending seven and three quarters. <laughs> the ending reveals things in a heavy-handed fashion that I just didn't care for at all. None of the characters. It's kind of detective novels, though. Yeah, none of the characters are more than shallowy, shallowly, <laughs> shallowy, shadowy drawn. Um, not. I was trying to think of a joke, but I didn't have one. <laughs> Did you hear it? Did you kind of hear it in my voice? The, the voice, the, 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 the brain being like, oh, no, okay. Oh, no, no. Jo- no, not even those in the larger frame who play a larger role. I suppose that the mechanics of the inconsistencies within the stories would give a group of readers something to discuss, but even that is really done for them in the frame. In some ways, this reminded me of those two-minute mysteries for younger readers when it wasn't trying to bring Agatha Christie to mind with a forceful hand. This sounds dope as fuck. I would love to read, like, Encyclopedia Brown, uh, like, grown-up, you know? For novel, yeah. yeah. For, for novel? For novel form. Um, how novel? Um, um, I, um, nope. Continue. Let's keep going. Uh, let's keep reading. I had really wanted to like this one, and I had really hoped that it would get better, but I just didn't like it at all. I did finish it, which I suppose says something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it you, Yolanda. you did it. You did the book. In general, I don't care much for short stories. I just don't find them very satisfying, so I suppose my own dictate for this is part of this. Distaste? Dictate. My own distaste? I would like to become a dictator of this book so that I can change honestly, how it is written entirely. Honestly, the stories are the best part of this. Well, until even they are spoiled. They're the best until they suck. At its core, this is an interesting concept for a book, and I wish that the frame had been stronger to support the unwieldy ending that also included its own inconsistencies. I really never found myself enjoying this one, and I just really had wanted to, which makes it all the more disappointing. How sad. I just, here's the How thing. How sad, Yolanda. Yeah, you expected to enjoy a book and didn't. Like, that happens sometimes. We can't <laughs> all have good taste. Barbara Saffer. <laughs> Barbara Saffer gives three stars. Entertaining, old-timey detective story. This novel harks back to the very early days of detective fiction when crimes were usually solved by observation and deduction rather than forensics. No, for deduction and forensics. Then forensics. Served by the Swedish chef. The story, Grant McKellish, retired mathematician from Scotland. Oh, God, we can't do this. Now resides. Accent heavy episode. Uh, you like my Sean Connery there? Oh, God, no. Uh, that might be your best Sean Connery you. that you've ever done. 
now resides on a beautiful Mediterranean island. In 1937, when McAllister was a graduate student, he wrote a research paper called The Permutations of Detective Fiction. Mm, the permutations. Mm, yeah. Mappy. Triangles, right? <laughs> In which he posited that every detective story has characters in four categories. Victims, suspects, uh-huh. detectives, and killers. The categories can overlap, however, so a detective can be the killer, etc. McAllister illustrates this with a Venn diagram. Math. <laughs> math. I did math. Math, math. I, what about like the people who are just kind of there, like window dressing people? Um, let me see. Like what about the iconic grandma who sits in a bathtub and gets interviewed about the, mur- the murder and she's just like, I was in the I- bathtub the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. I was eating my cookies. I, I just had no idea. No, there's nothing in this entire three-star review, which is goes really in in detail. I love when people decide to write their own novel in response to the novel. Um, Book Lover 10 gives it four stars. Death is always messy. The Eighth Detective by Alex Pavesi is in part an analysis of the mystery genre using mathematical principles. The author draws us in by presenting seven self-contained stories. See, this it, it draws us in. It doesn't bore us. It draws us in. Okay, okay. Each of which is a, a homage to the... I just They didn't say an homage. They didn't say an homage. They said a, so I assume... A homage? They have to... A, a homage to the class of... Class of... Jesus Christ. Killing it. Killing it today. Classic detective tales of yesteryear. Julia Hart, a book editor, travels to a remote Mediterranean island to meet... We know this. We know it all. We know it all. No new information given. She is especially interested in why he called his book The White Murders, since this title brings to mind the unsolved slaying of a woman named Elizabeth White in 1940. This is oh, my favorite no, part because, like, it, like that's the, what the we're, guy did it. You know, um, you wrote this. You wrote this book series where you laid out. I've I've solved murder. I've solved murder, and that book came out in what, like, the late late thirties, early forties, and there was like this big mystery murder case at the same time. Around the same time, I, like 1940. Okay, and it was called. The White Murder, and you called your book The White Murders? I'm a very sleuth, sleuthy editor. Sleuth? Sleuth. <laughs> I figured it out. I'm the eighth wait, detective. Wait, so I think, wait, so the the author calls it, calls those, the calls the book those for himself, or does he, like, no, he's the, published them yeah, as no, the, the White The murders. book series was published as The White Murders around the exact same time. That seems wacky. The individual mystery stories vary in quality, and after a while, it becomes difficult to keep track of the large cast of sleuths, victims, and suspects. After Julia reads each chapter, she discusses it with Grant and points out inconsistencies and anomalies. See, I think that someone who read, like, Encyclopedia Brown or, like, The Three Investigators, Nancy Drew, would really enjoy something like this where the anomalies, the mistakes in these stories, which are actually clues, would be really engaging. And this, you know, Yolanda. It, it, it feels like a, a mystery that you might 
feasibly be able to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, again, like in the sense, like if it's handed it, like it's handed to you, it's like, it's less about, oh, what is the answer and more about, oh, where are the answers? Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I would have made some of the conclusions that I had made without some of these reviews. Yeah. So bad reviewing. Yeah. Terrible work. Um, <laughs> Pavesi is a fine descriptive writer, but his dense plot is difficult to follow. Furthermore, most readers will be baffled by the mathematical concepts. He's a fine descriptive writer, as opposed to the writers that do not describe things. Why is this a requirement in so many reviews? Don't want it described. Please do not describe to me. Still, we are curious as to why Julia appears to be so hostile towards Grant. Does she suspect him of something? Yes, book lover 10. I think that is blamely laid out. By the time we reach the last page, our assumptions have been upended and Pavesi has the last laugh at our expense. Aha! Although this cerebral and complicated novel spins off in dizzying directions, The Eighth Detective is original and colorful enough to please fans of perplexing brain teasers. This got a three-star review? Uh, that was that was a four star. Oh, I was, was like, a four star. It's a very low review. Um, all right. Well, we should probably just read one more five star. Oh, because I'm looking at the time. Um, gorilla G O R I L I C H I S. Gord cheese. Gorilla cheese. Five stars. Very clever. Not one story, but seven. Seven. Or more. Many more, depending how you look at it. Mm, I'm going to say probably eight, though. Eight total. Good guess. Probably seven and then and then one and more then one eight. More. Yeah. Numbers. <laughs> so I'm Listen, look that's, at it. just because you're good at reading does not mean you're good at math. This is a very cleverly written love letter to mysteries. Grant McAllister worked out the mathematical formulas for mystery novels and wrote a story collection. He never published anything else. But 30 years later, Julia Hart, an ambitious editor, comes to the island of his retirement. It's in the Caribbean. Um, the Mediterranean. I'm Wait, sorry. I was like, did he say Caribbean? Did he miss something? Um, we read a mystery novel in the Caribbean, the stories, though. We did, did yeah. Did definitely do that. Uh, which are all, uh, every John Grisham novel ends up in the Caribbean, because uh, that's where all, all the go. money goes. Uh, they're all great, by the way. They have little inconsistencies that could be clues to something larger. Yeah, Gorilla no I had fun spotting them in the rest of the chapters, even if I missed a lot of them. Then there is a twist so unpredictable and smart <gasps> that it had me rethinking the whole novel from the beginning. See, that's good. Yeah, mm, but the mysteries don't end there. This is simply an original, unpredictable, and amazingly clever book that mystery lovers will eat up. I chose to read this book, and all opinions in this review are my own and completely unbiased. No, if they're your own, they are biased. <laughs> that's the point. No, I am. I'm actually extremely good at neutral review. Thank you, NetGalley slash Henry Holton Co. This sounds like the beginning of a mystery itself. Mm. What's NetGalley? What's Henry Holton Co.? If I'm ever going to know, I'm going to need some money. So So that you can fly off to the Mediterranean and or the Caribbean to look for the answers. So please patronize these businesses or listen to these podcasts. Ad break. Ad break. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Jasmine with the New Black Collective. And what's up? It's Dave Yar from Change Waco. Don't forget to subscribe to Stories of the Streets, where we'll be here every other week bringing you expert stories and also stories from local Wacoans. Stories of the Streets is in association with the New Black Collective, Change Waco, and Rogue Media. Tell your friends, tell your family, shout out to the streets, tune in as much as y'all can. Okay. We're back. Oh, we're back. We're back. Here we are. What um, do you have for me, Becca? I have a classic corner for you. Oh. I'm really excited. Pachelbel, don't come for us. I'll beat you ass. Literally, every song is Pachelbel's canon. Every song. All of them. Just so many. Never mind, I'll find. Yeah. Um, so this, this, this is this is a game where um, I I read Josie only the reviews oh, God. Of, of classic literature books, in and which is, we find out that Josie has not read a lot of classic <laughs> literature. The height of irony. Um, yeah. Uh, so so we're gonna start it right off with Lee Ma, who left a three star review. Okay. Below average binding and printing. <laughs> the cover is great. Okay. But the book otherwise looks like a second spin product. Pages are falling out. Some are not printed straight. Font is great. Book looks nice, but it's falling apart after just one read. This is for a class project and inexpensive, so I figure it's not worth returning. Just a heads up. That's the aesthetic nowadays, though. Yeah, we get a lot of reviews like this on yeah. Classic Corner. Megan. Left a three-star review, a definite classic. Oh, well. Definitely. Welcome to the corner. More of a 3.5. While I appreciate the story, the tragedy of it, the horror, I found it long-winded and meandering during many passages. Beautifully written, though. An unbelievable and magical vision from an 18-year-old of that time. Easier to read than I anticipated. I would say it is an important and worthwhile novel for anyone to read. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It is. Oh, yeah. you to get it so fast. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, there are some other really just like so, 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 so solid. Um, I need, uh, can I get some applause, uh, applause uh, sound effects, please? Use that soundboard real quick. I'm giving you the sound. <laughs> of. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I've started lowballing them. Because <laughs> I did so bad. You didn't kiss <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. You are theater major. <laughs> you kept on saying translation for no fear. That's not a translation. <laughs> Um, so Kevin gave it a one star, not the abridged version. Do not buy unless it is for a child. <laughs> this is not the unabridged version. The listing was very deceptively written about the size of a pamphlet. Do not buy unless you are a child. <laughs> I do appreciate though the caveat of if you are a child you would probably yeah, like no, this feel version. free it's good for you that's how i wound up telling one of my high school teachers that i had read orson wells the time machine oh um so i read a abridged version of it i um, uh i read frankenstein when i was in second grade and my parents were very second grade yeah um it was in the school library um i guess yeah that yeah and my parents were very uncertain because they were worried that after Frankenstein, I would want to read uh, Dracula. And uh, don't worry, Mom and Dad, Frankenstein freaked me the fuck out enough. Yeah, it would. I mean, there's a lot of kind of contemplation of faith and Paradise Lost is one of the major themes. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Just uh, yeah, Frankenstein's a great book. It's fine. Spencer, Spencer, sorry, Spencer Osnig. Spencer Osnig, Osnig around. Or maybe Spencer. Oh, we should make fun of people's A-snig? names. Osnig. We really I shouldn't. But I some don't. of them are. What is two stars? What does they say barely got through it, kicking and screaming. Oh. oh. I respect that this novel created a character that was taken in a lot of cool directions by other authors. <laughs> I was hoping that the original would be truly interesting, but unfortunately, it wasn't. The main character is a constant whiner who almost never owns up to his actions and never does anything to try to avoid tragedy from befalling his loved ones. The monster has more personality than the Universal Pictures version of the monster, but it's still two-dimensional. Which I don't know how you call Frankenstein's monster two-dimensional. Woman writes accurate depiction of man. (laughs) Man is upset, prefers other men's reinterpretation of her work. Shocking. Classic literature. Classic. Lil Ruth gave it three stars. Yeah, she'd had some drugs for darn sure. <laughs> that one? She has characters. Is that, is that it? No. Oh. She has characters that are death's door, making exceedingly long speeches. The illustrations at the end of the Kindle version are actually portraits of the author and some folks who were important to her. There are a lot of descriptions of the geography where Victor Frankenstein, sometimes with a friend, travels to. I need to go back and reread this, as there are at least three words I don't yet know the meaning of. Maybe this book will make more sense once I pull out my handy-dandy dictionary. Just those three words, though. Does anyone have anything nice to say about about this classic? Oh, no, there were a lot of very nice things to say. The people who were saying very dumb things about it being bad <laughs> were the ones that really, really got me. No, that's fair. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't credit this review. Um, I, I really want to highlight... Um, the version of Frankenstein memorialized in this film is like the book on which it is based. Within these pages, you will not find an isolated 
is nothing like the book on which it is based. Sorry. <clears throat> Within these pages, you will not find an isolated castle, a mad scientist, Igor, or an articulate, inarticulate Igor. monster brought to life by a bolt of lightning. In fact, no details are given for the method by which the creature was brought to life. I mean, there is a lot of grave robbing scenes. Though. As are most books written during this time, Frankenstein is very wordy. Many of the words add absolutely nothing to the story. Mary Shelley was apparently quite taken with Switzerland in general, Geneva especially. Numerous pages are spent describing the countryside in almost painful detail. Now for the story itself. Um, but So here's kind of what I think about the milieu of Frankenstein. Um... So I just really appreciated that uh, he was he was cranky about all of the scenic the scenic descriptions. I just I I hate it when the world is built, you know, when I'm when I'm forced to consider the the picture before me in word form. Terrible. Um, but but my favorite review really it's my favorite title of review maybe ever because Brian is right. In one way, and okay. then very wrong in another. So oh one star from Brian. The monster essentially just wanted a girlfriend. Oh, okay. One of the most uninteresting and self-indulgent dumpster fires I've ever read. Oh. No wonder this original text has been adapted to be more interesting. The book is in the middle of school, is the middle school reading of the 1800s. I understand it's a classic, but just because Thanks. something is such does not mean it lives up to modern standards. The themes, trials, and tribulations of this novel have all been fascinated and succeeded by works that later dated. Not worth the read. Well, interesting. There is little substance to walk away with. Victor is insufferable, and the language is so faultly, falsely elegant becomes eye-rolling. If not for a class, I'd never read past chapter one. Oh, Brian... That really hurts Mary's feelings. <laughs> I guess you could say that she has already been read to death. Jesus. Now Myra. Now um, Myra. Thank you so much uh, for listening to By the Cover, uh, the podcast. Uh, the podcast. We it's are the only podcast you need. It's the listeners. one, the one podcast. Uh, we're so grateful to uh, Oni Chen Productions and Rogue Media Network, uh, where we, where we have a home, uh, a, a podcasting home. We're also so thankful uh, to to this episode's producer, Natalie, who's doing great. <laughs> Been giving a lot of like affirming looks. Thank you. Oh, and affirming <laughs> affirming noises um, during during this entire during ep during episode during episode during episode. I'm so nervous. Great. Uh, love doing we, the podcast. We would like to thank they might be giants for don't let's start uh, being it's the, the song, song that, that we, we can do on our podcast. That Tumblr message is legally binding. Um. And yeah, hey, check out other review. other things. Keep Wake Aloud is doing uh, Tom Wilson's story. That's one. <laughs> um, what's your excuse? Is another great uh, podcast that you can listen to. And uh, go check us out uh, at by the cover underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. 
especially uh, if you are an independent author. We are always looking for uh, more books uh, to read the reviews of. And if of. there's a dumb, silly book that you really want us to roast on our podcast, I guess, or just like dumb, silly reviews you'd like roasted on your podcast, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a pretty easy buy, actually. Yeah, and hey, if you want to advertise uh, on uh, on the podcast, send us a, a, a DM. Slide right in there. Let's move on. Are you going to give us the hoag? It's time for the drug book devotional. Uh, every every episode, we turn to Tammy Hoag's Dark Horse, specifically the edition that I found in the dumpster by my old apartment that has a hole cut out to keep drugs in, I assume. And so I can only <laughs> see the first line on each page. Here we are. Shirt between his teeth and seemed to smile, pleased with his mischief. I've been Josie. Oh, Tammy just took a turn. I guess I'm still Becca, but I'm mad about it. Now, Myra. (laughs) This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.